are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. On the floor, scoring more is 94, and the Knicks are hardcore, and I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look sharp, uh, with Hubert... You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. We're shooting three-pointers, and we're running fast breaks, and if your defense makes a mistake... What's up, guys, and welcome to a special NBA trade deadline edition of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Chip Murphy, and I'm joined today by Colin Loring of Elite Sports NY. Colin, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely, Chip. Always a pleasure. All right, man. We're going to talk today about some of the big deals that happened in the past few days. We know a lot of major ones did, and then some of the stuff the Nets did and some of the stuff the Knicks did. Let's get started off with uh, the major NBA stuff. Colin, what were your thoughts on the past couple days? I'll tell you, Chip, uh, I think this is probably one of the more active trade deadlines we've had in years. I mean, a lot of guys moving around that can really make an impact. Um, As far as things that really surprised me, the Philadelphia trade for Tobias Harris. You want to talk about a team that's buying into right now? These guys... Define that. I mean, when you go and you throw two first rounders, one of those I want to mention is going to be the Miami Heat. I believe it's the 2021. That's going to be a great pick. Great pick. Dude, yeah. You throw that out with another future and then Landry. Dude, I do not want to butcher this guy's last name. Shemet, I believe. Dude, the kid's a shooter, man. And you throw him out there, he's another entertaining prospect. For Tobias Harris, and you're only going to play him for you know, 30 something games in the playoffs? I mean, that's a bold move by Elton Brand, who this is his first you know, time as the GM, made the move for Jimmy Butler as well. I mean, these guys have really bought into the fact that they could compete this year. Um, so that was really interesting. I know. He's been, what, a GM less than a year, and he's already got Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. He's yeah, already no, done absolutely. more damage than Colangelo ever did for that team. Absolutely. It's been and huge. You look at what he's traded collectively. I mean, he gave up Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Landry Shamet and two first-rounders for Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. I know. You turn to the Lakers, and it's like, that probably wouldn't even get you Anthony Davis. <laughs> it's awesome. I know. It's what, I know. The Lakers were trying to – I know, obviously, Anthony Davis is significantly better player than Tobias Harris, but you look at the Lakers, and it also makes you think that the Pelicans were kind of pulling the Lakers' chain this whole time about getting a deal done, but that's a whole other podcast we could do for an entire hour about uh, that deal. I don't think the Pelicans ever had any intention of trading AD to the Lakers. But uh, as far as what I took away from today was what happened with uh, Memphis. The deal that did happen and the deal that didn't happen. Uh, the Raptors got Marcus Gasol, which I think was huge for them. Uh, they traded Jonas Valanciunas, uh, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a second-round pick in 2024. Um, I think that obviously Gasol is a huge upgrade over JV. Um, they didn't have to give up any of their elite young players, which I thought was really surprising that Memphis didn't demand any of those top guys. Cause I know they didn't give up Conley because people said they were asking for like multiple first round picks and Utah and Detroit weren't willing to give up 
that uh, those kind of assets for them uh, for him. But um, yeah, I I think this well, it doesn't necessarily make Toronto the favorites in the East because uh, Miritich was also added to Milwaukee, but. The fact that Conley is going back to Memphis puts him in play for more teams uh, in the summer and maybe even the Knicks as one of those teams. I'm not sure if they whiff on like Kemba and Kyrie. I don't know. It's just one of the scenarios I was thinking about. I was thinking a lot about Mike Conley this afternoon because I think he's a really underrated player still. Yeah, should have been an all-star, man. Yeah. A couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference with Conley and Gasol is you've got that. I'm going to go out on a limb. I haven't double-tapped this. I'm sure that Conley's salary for next season is guaranteed. Yeah. Gasol has the player option. So well, true. Yeah, true. Yeah. When you throw that out there, it's like, hey, we're going to give you a 50-50 shot ch- at uh, paying you $25 million as opposed to, hey, Here's a guaranteed $33 million for not only this year, but next year as well. I think that's kind of where the young player duel kind of fades away a little bit. You don't have as much leverage, right? So especially for Toronto, a team that's they could really use Gasol right now. Mostly is I think they want to make a good impression on Kawhi. It's his first year, and you're bringing in a guy that's already an upgrade over your starting center. That's going to make a good impression as far as the his potential future there. Um, but yeah, Gasol over Valanciunas, I love it. Uh, me and you have talked for, I mean, years now, it feels like, over how Toronto really needs to get a good passing big so they can really break that barrier in the offense. And that's exactly what Gasol brings in. Um, he's also a great shooter, which I don't believe Valanciunas is that. Um, so definitely an upgrade for Toronto. Um, Conley and Memphis, again, I think, yeah, you're right. Summertime's going to come around. The, the biggest thing here was, hey, we don't like what we see. Guess what? Everything that we see now is probably going to be there in July when we can just do this all over again. Exactly. Um, and it, it, possibly even a better deal. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll revisit the market. There's going to be a huge point guard market, as there always is. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised to see Phoenix get in the mix if they can land somebody in free agency. Um, they've got Josh Jackson, Dragon Bender, which, of course, I mean, that dude's terrible. But yeah. young prospects that they could ship out as far as, you know, for a Memphis team that's about to be in a massive rebuild. Um, so... Definitely surprising that Conley didn't find his way to a contending team. Would have loved to see him on the Pistons with Blake Griffin and Drummond. Would have loved even more to see him in Utah with Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I think the wheels really fell off that wagon when his camp leaked that he didn't want to play there. Um, but yeah, Memphis, there was a, a lot going on with those guys today. Dumping Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple for Avery Bradley, which gets you next to nothing. I mean, that's a very surprising return. But hey, they've committed to the rebuild. I don't expect to see Conley there I was thinking Spurs, too, for uh, Conley. He seems like such a spur, but I'm not sure they have any assets left to give up for him. I think they're kind well, of there. To see a Conley-DeRozan backcourt. I know. You, I'm embarrassed to say it. But yeah, that's, that's great thinking. That's yeah. Great thinking. I would have loved, loved to see Conley and Lowry get flipped. I would have loved to see Lowry in Utah. I just want Mitchell to have a point guard there, as much as I like Rubio. I agree with you. I just want... Uh, Mitchell to have a point guard there so he can so he doesn't have to be ball, so he doesn't have to play the Russell Westbrook James Harden role it's because that's exactly what it is yeah You're it's right, it's so overwhelming on a guy who isn't as talented as him and I feel like it's kind of stunting his growth a little bit but they have no choice but to do it but still I mean it's yeah it would have been awesome to see Conley yeah. there as, you know as much as it's stunting his growth um, mm-hmm 
he's getting a lot of room to kind of feel things out on his own right now. That's true. It's I'm not shy to say that if you had a very like one of those top tier point guards in Utah when Mitchell got there, I don't want to say he wouldn't be as good, but I just don't think he'd be as consistently good as he is now. He's kind of had like a free for all. Hey, here's the keys with this offense, right? So I think it's better almost to let him do that now, kind of work out some kinks, and then you throw out a guy, and he has to you know adapt and figure out how to play with a real point guard. Which again, Rubio, if you're listening, dude, nothing against you, man. <laughs> that jumper, bro. We gotta talk about. Oh that. God. Uh, nonetheless, yeah, I think that they'll add a point guard at some point, and hey, maybe they circle back. Maybe they get Lowry or Conley in the summertime. You know, maybe Memphis will ease up on the price. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think they can only go down on the price. I mean, if their price, I but just like the Pelicans, the Pelicans aren't going to ask for four first round picks and two second round picks over the summer for Davis. You know, what was, what was that? Man? I know, insane. They clearly that was clearly just I don't want to trade him, and we're going to ask for insane nonsense just so I don't yeah. have to. But my favorite theory is that they told the Lakers, hey. Go get Mike Mascala, and then and then we've got a deal once you include him in the package. <laughs> That's and hilarious. He goes and gets, gets Mike Mascala, and they're like, "Okay, we're ready." You know, it's like, "Oh, <laughs> your call has been directed to an automated voice message system." You know? <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my favorite running theory right now. Oh God, they end up with well, look. Mascala can shoot. I, I like Mascala, but that's just it's hilarious that the Lakers went out to try and get AD, and they ended up with Mascala. And they traded, and they traded Zubac, who's a good player. Yeah. I mean, wow! <laughs> like, why? What? Yeah, that kid's young too. I, yeah. I don't want to butcher it by saying it, but dude, I ran over his, uh, I read through his per thirty six numbers earlier, and it's just like, man, did you guys really give this kid up already? I know it was bizarre, right? Like it's the LeBron effect, man. It's I the LeBron effect. I get it. Is he really <laughs> running this team too? Like, I like I, I thought Magic Johnson had some sort of control, but Rob, I think Magic Johnson shares at least half the mentality that LeBron has, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where they meet in the middle. I mean, I, I'm sure Magic is as eager as LeBron to get any news on that team. I'm sure he's as you know, eager as LeBron to get any kind of shooting on that team. And it's, I mean, look, I mean, are we really surprised that, like, look at the go Reggie Bullock? Are we that surprised that? A team that LeBron is on is giving up young prospects and future picks for a guy who can shoot right now on an expiring deal. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we've seen this before, man. And everybody's like, oh, Bullock's going to play so well next to LeBron. And I'm thinking back. I'm having flashbacks over here, man. PTSD over the Rodney Hood trade that the Cavs made last season. What, you don't think that worked out? The Rodney Hood thing? (laughs) I mean, look at where Hood's now. Literally. It's like, dude, LeBron, man, ruined that kid's career. You know what I mean? <laughs> and now he's got Reggie Bullock. Because he's in Portland. <laughs> Obviously, you know, Bullock a little older than Hood. But, dude, I mean, Bullock's in – I mean, Hood, excuse me, is in Portland making a lot less money. You know what I mean? He should have been at least a, you know, a couple million a year guy. He should have got a multi-year deal than having to settle for that qualifying offer in Cleveland. God, um, they when he was in Utah, they were talking about him at one point like he was going to be like a breakout star. Like, I mean, he looked great in Utah. Yeah, let's not let's not cut anything off the top here. He yeah. looked great in Utah. They gave up on when they gave up on him. That should have been a sign to the Cavs. When like a, a really well run franchise gives up on a young player, that should be a sign. Like that yeah, sh- that should have been a sign. You know 
that should have been a sign to the Cavs. Yeah. Hey, we don't have to give up anything to get this shooter right now. We'll look past anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Let's just bring him into the mix. Somebody that can shoot the ball and move around LeBron. Yep. Um, So, again, yeah, no surprise, man. No surprise. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, then we're going to talk about the uh, Nets. Uh, They weren't very active today, but they did do something. And I literally mean that. They did do one thing today. So we'll talk about that (laughs) when we come back. All right, we're back. Uh, We're going to talk about the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Like I said, they uh, made a small move today. They gave up some cash and got a second-round pick. And Greg Monroe from the Toronto Raptors, apparently they're going to waive him at some point. Uh, Monroe has taken a little bit of a dive, and that's being nice in his career since uh, when his uh, better days in Detroit. But um, I guess the second-round pick is nice for the <laughs> for the Nets to get. Uh, Colin, any, any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> admittedly, a little bit of disappointment um, with the front office that they didn't land a, a, you know, a good power forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been their biggest issue, their biggest hole in the lineup, even with having starters missing time with injury. Um, but again, yeah, I'm sure there was some effort there and maybe the asking price met. Yeah, just probably a little too high. Um, again, yeah, they beat the they beat the Denver Nuggets last night, 135 to 130 in Brooklyn. It's the second time they've beaten them this season. Obviously, the front office likes something about this Nets team. They have every right to. Um, they're the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. They're 29 and 27. Um, and Karis LeVert, as we learned, is coming back tomorrow night to play against the Bulls. Um, so I think when they got that news this morning, it was, hey, let's venture out into the trade market. If we can find something for the right price, you know, great. If not, let's not stress it. We can reassess in the summertime. Um, you look at Monroe in Toronto. He only managed to play 11 minutes per game. He was doing 4.8 points and four rebounds. Um, that seems about right. They were probably throwing him out there with some very weak lineups. Um, again, nothing too overwhelming. I think if he had been playing better, they probably would have just rolled with the or gone with the flow and maybe thrown him out there in a couple lineups and then eventually waved him. But no, it's going to be, you know, uh, per uh, Michael Scotto, the athletic, it's going to be a situation where he doesn't ever suit up. They're going to waive him. Um, but they get that second round pick, which I think is pretty important. Um, Sean Marks hasn't gone any of his trade deadlines without obtaining some future asset. Um, obviously, he's made more moves in the summertime, but I think to say anything at all, you know, just they got a second round pick, everything was quiet, and the Nets are playing good. So I think it's uh, two thumbs up for all Nets fans. Yeah, I don't think the Nets were in a position to be in the market for a guy like uh, Nico Miritich or maybe a guy like Aaron Gordon, who I'm not sure how on the market he was in Orlando, or even like Otto Porter, because the Bulls had to give up a pretty nice asset in Bobby Portis to get him. So uh, I think it was the right move to kind of stay pat. Um, and I think they, I think it's uh, huge to have Karis LeVert coming back. So that's they probably look at that as a semi-trade deadline addition anyway. But yeah, uh, absolutely. yeah, so like you said, they've been playing, they've been playing great right now. So, um, and D'Angelo Russell is red hot, got named an all star. So it's going to be interesting to see how 
Karis LeVert and D'Angelo Russell play together, but that's a whole nother podcast again. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. uh, Chip, I'm only half kidding when I say that Brooklyn should reach out to Carmelo Anthony's team and see uh, what that looks like. Wow. That is – dude, I'm I'm all in on that, to be completely honest. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be great. He's a perfect spot of shooter. Um, good three-point guy. Uh, he fits the mold of everything that they really need to complete the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd really like if – we may be at a point which Carmelo Anthony is arguably my favorite player in the NBA, if you can call him a player at this point. Um, Not sure you can. Exactly, yeah. No, But we've reached a point, you know, as you are helping me you know, make this as the <laughs> – the, uh, the top teams in the NBA may have learned their lesson in not trusting him. And at the same time, maybe Anthony kind of reciprocates that, right? It's like they expect so much, and then the Rockets, for example, didn't give him the opportunity to really get in a groove with the Houston offense. Um, so, hey, I think Brooklyn would be a great situation for Melo. Um, you bring him in. Again, there's only 30-something games left. Then you go to the playoffs, which again they're twenty nine, twenty seven, six seed. Um, I wanted to touch on the fact that you know Detroit, Charlotte, Miami, none of those guys made moves. So Brooklyn is pretty safe as a playoff team right now, as long as D'Angelo Russell and Karis LeVert don't just car crash for the rest of the season. Um, so I think Melo, it would be great to see him in the playoffs. Um, he's obviously a New York guy. Uh, everybody in New York would love to see him play for a team in New York. Um, and then, hey, maybe he gets to go into free agency after proving something. I know the guy wants to play basketball a little bit longer than just the rest of the season. So I think it's kind of – I don't want to say a match made in heaven, but it's a pretty good fit, I think, for the most part. Yeah, I agree. I I loved uh, – I watched the trade deadline special today on the jump, and uh, T-Mac said he liked uh, Portland for Melo, and I loved that fit. Yeah, but, uh, I agree. Portland would be a good yeah, spot. Yeah, but I like the Brooklyn one even better. I think that'd be great. And Atkinson is a real players coach. He loves – he and much more than Mike D'Antoni. As much as I love Mike D'Antoni, I think it's pretty telling that he gave up on the guy after 10 games or whatever it was. That was utter nonsense. But uh, to your point about Charlotte and Detroit, I mean, come on, man. Like, Charlotte totally – we were talking about this before we started recording. Charlotte whiffed on Marcus Gasol. Absolutely. Like, just completely whiffed. And Detroit had a chance at Mike Conley is what people were saying. They were, it was Utah and Detroit to get Mike Conley, and he didn't want to go to Utah. So it was probably really just Detroit that was in on him, right? But yeah, no, absolutely. Like maybe said, maybe know, Toronto, second, but – You know, it's I think Conley's a more safe bet to get the maximum value in the summertime. And for a Detroit team that's teetering on self-destruction, I think they probably just couldn't meet, um, at least at this point in time, what what uh, Memphis was asking for. Um, but those guys whiff, man, and they're going to have to watch the Brooklyn Nets, you know, at least uh, birth the playoffs, um, and that'll be to their own accord. Gasol mm-hmm. would have completely been a, a huge boost for Kemba and Charlotte. I mean, it's the role he would have played in Charlotte is twice as huge as what he'll do in Toronto. But again, yeah, and they said Michael Jordan wanted to go to the playoffs, but it's apparent that he's not ready to make those moves that takes you to the playoffs. Yeah, it's amazing to me, right? Because he trades for Nicol- – he not trades. He signs Nicholas Batum to this absurd contract and trades for Dwight Howard. 
but he won't pull the trigger on a Mark Gasol trade. I, I, it's ridiculous to me. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get it. But I, I don't want to go down another rabbit hole. We we could talk about Michael Jordan's ridiculous moves in Charlotte for again another hour. So <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm putting all these down, Jeff. We've got yeah. great ideas. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll we'll move into the Knicks. Quickly transition to uh the buyout moves the Knicks made today. Uh none of uh neither one really surprising. We all kinda knew we definitely knew the Ennis Cantor one was coming. We thought maybe there was a chance Wes Matthews was gonna stick around. But we figured he would probably be on the way out too. Uh Wes Matthews already agreed to a deal with Indiana. I think me and you both agree that's kind of perplexing there because they're not really a contender. And most of the time when guys get bought out, that's what they do. They go to contenders. Cantor's still uh, up in the air. Uh, We saw the Ian Begley tweet that Boston's interested. Um, I think we also both agree that we don't know why Boston would be interested. But yeah, I mean, um, hey, Cantor loves New York, man. If he just wants to go there and convince Kyrie to leave, um, I think all Knicks fans could uh, do a one eighty on their on their uh, view of Cantor. Yeah, that'd be great. Early, yeah, you know, <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. If he that would be the greatest thing Ennis Cantor's ever done for the Knicks. If he, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Matthews going to Indiana. Uh, again, I mean, kind of like I told you, you know, before the show, I just think this is a guy who thinks that he can still contribute to an NBA team for the next couple of years. Uh, he's on an expiring deal. He's going to go somewhere where they've got a hole at the shooting guard position. You know, Oladipo went down with that freak injury. Um, you know, obviously, hoping everything's going well with Oladipo. Um, but Matthews, who knows? He could work himself into the starting rotation depending on how their season kind of plays out for the rest of the time being. I don't think they'll make the playoffs as long as – Detroit and Charlotte can play with a sense of haste going forward. Um, but he may get that starting job or at least productive minutes with the second unit. And hey, he might sign another two year deal, you know, one plus one team option or player option where he's getting a couple of you know, extra million dollars at the tail end of his career. If he firmly believes that, then hey, you know, Indiana was the right move. Um, but it's kind of a buzzkill. You always want to see guys like that go to a contender, you know, like Toronto and Houston. Um, but no, yeah, I got a little bit of respect for him taking the bag. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I'm not surprised he took the bag there, and I agree with you. It would have been cool to see him on Houston. It's always interesting when guys go to, like, Houston or teams like Toronto or, well, he was rumored to go to Golden State. I'm glad he didn't go to Golden State. You never want to yeah, no see Golden that. State. Yeah, you never want to see Golden State add a three-point shooter who can play defense. That would have been terrible. Um but yeah, that was kind of surprising. You figure uh, a veteran who's been playing on two bad teams this year, he'd want to go win. But yeah, at the same time, you respect him. You, if he wants to get paid, go get paid, dude. Do what you got. Yeah, do what you got to do. Yeah. Do what you got to um, do. But um, didn't have to do, you know, what they had to do. Uh, you know, kind of switching gears. Kristaps Porzingis. Oh God. Um, again, and we'll try and keep this brief as possible. I know we both have some strong feelings about this. We do. Uh, but dude, uh, that was really shocking, man. I, uh, I did not expect that. I saw the original report where he had a meeting with you know, the front office staff, you know, Mills and Perry, and he wasn't happy. And I said, you know what? I can understand that. I'd be vocal about it too. If I was the face of a franchise as piss poor as the Knicks right now, you know? And then the next thing we know, he's asked for a trade. And then the next thing we know, he's been traded to the Mavericks. 
And the next thing we know, hey, you know, he was never going to play this season regardless of whether he could or not. He's posting GIFs with Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. He's posting these encrypted, you know, messages on his Instagram stories. And he's, I mean, he's fully turned around into a villain at this point. Uh, but what are, your, what are your thoughts on the, the Knicks trade with Porzingis? You know, at first, I was like, screw the Knicks, same old Knicks. There's nothing different. Perry and uh, Perry Mills, Fisdale, they're all the same. And now that I see more and more has come out, like you talked about the, the stuff with him and Luca and him, the first day he gets in Dallas, he gives that press conference and he's practicing with the team after he never practiced with the Knicks. And then uh, I think it was Mills who talked during the uh, game about how Kristaps called the meeting where he said, I don't want to be in New York anymore. I mean, I get the trade. He called the meeting and came into them. You, you can't keep a guy who says, I don't want to be there anymore. You know, Mills said they were afraid that essentially he didn't say the words hold them hostage, but it sounded like he was afraid that Kristaps was going to hold the team hostage and Absolutely. sign like a one-to-one deal. Yeah, yeah like going to this summer with this with this situation going on, the leverage shifts. Yeah. So honestly, I commend the Knicks for making the move. They pulled the trigger. This is more ballsy than putting all their eggs in the the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving basket. I mean, they really gave up what was supposed to be the cornerstone of the future of the franchise. Almost, I don't want to say on the drop of a dime because we've read reports where they've been exploring this thing. But that was shocking, but to me, by the way, did that shock you? A little bit, but again, that's the part where it's really hard to tell, man, because we're just we're not behind the scenes. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, and it's very clear that Porzingis, other than requesting a trade, made it clear subliminally that he was not happy and he wasn't showing up to you know, his his presence with the Knicks was decreasing as they say as this as the season was going on so if they're noticing that then good on them for exploring the market but this is a ballsy albeit correct and the right move yeah. by the new york front office mm-hmm. what i love the most they finally got aggressive in finding a point guard dennis smith jr is a fantastic talent you can argue he's the guy they were supposed to draft instead of frank they made the move and they made sure they got an answer a point guard albeit just temporarily um, he's an athletic freak. Yes, his passing's a little sloppy. The kid is young. But if you really run with this, and especially with Fisdale, who I'm really impressed with, I think they may have their answer at point guard for the immediate future. I was just going to ask you that. Like, um, I the thing I've been – and I know it, sound, it sounds so conceited as a Knicks fan to say this when we've whiffed on so many free agents – but um, if you have the choice, Durant or Kyrie, um, and we already have Dennis Smith as our point guard, would you say Durant or Kyrie, or would you say like Durant and another guy like Kawhi or Tobias Harris or someone like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think this is a little rushed. I don't, you know, you're putting a little pressure on me. Yeah, let's see how, yeah. Let's so, see how Dennis plays. I want to see him. I want to see him play a little bit more in New York. Um, for me to say that I don't want Kyrie Irving, that's a bold statement. So yeah. Let me. Uh, let's let's watch Smith Jr. a little bit in New York. Let's see how he kind of meshes. I want. I'm a little eager. I'm not crazy eager. We talked about this before the show to see him play with Frank. Uh, but still, let's see how it plays out. The biggest thing, and you know, Macri, Jonathan Macri on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, 
he brought this up. I want to see minutes with him, Knox, and Mitchell Robinson. That's what I want to see the most of from here on out. It's going to make not only games more enjoyable, but it's going to give a better tell on where Dennis fits as far as the team going forward. I would hate to see him flip for something in the summertime so that they can have you know Kyrie or whoever it be, a point guard. Um, but if he's not the answer, he's not the answer. And how you find that out is you put him together with these young guys. Let's, let's just see what it looks like. Let's see what the lineup looks like. They've made it clear by trading Porzingis and not trading Frank that these are the guys they believe in to be the future. So if that's the case, let's see where Dennis fits in that equation. And if it's a no-go, it's a no-go. But you got to make the effort to showcase and give him the opportunity to prove himself. You know what I mean? So if we're talking about you know Durant, Kyrie Irving, right now you have to say the, the two – proven guys because they just take you so much further than a young team mm-hmm. but we may fall so much in love with a core of Dennis Smith Jr. Frank Neal Aquina, Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson that and I I hesitate to say this that Knicks fans may for once be content with the rebuild you know what I mean I know uh, I was just gonna say and by the way John I think is like kind of a Frank Neal Aquina fan I'm not really sure if oh, you, he's huge. you 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 may have yeah, you may have noticed he may be kind of a Frank Milikina fan. If you notice from his tweets, yeah. He's, exactly. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big Frank guy. Yeah, sure he's he a huge Frank guy. That, that Frank didn't get shipped out today. Yeah. <laughs> but that brings up a, a great point about Frank, like the story he that Orlando was interested, so it would seem that maybe they were even interested in Frank before they traded for Markel Fultz and the Knicks – said no to that first-round pick and second-round pick offer about Frank Nielakina. So to your point about, you know, talking about the Dennis Smith, Frank Nielakina, Kevin Knox, Mitch lineups, it sounds like the Knicks are committed to Frank Nielakina, and hopefully they do try those lineups out because, I mean, they're the worst team in the NBA right now. So what's the point in uh, playing anyone else but that? I mean, they've ditched all their veterans anyway. So, yeah. no, absolutely. Um, I think that's again, it's it's the move to make. Now you've officially you passed the trade de- or the trade deadline. Excuse me. Um, you're at a point where you've got a lot of young guys that look good. So let's just run them. Let's. I want to. If we don't see a starting lineup for a majority of the following games that features all those young guys, uh. I'm going to be a little more hot with Fizdale than I have been in recent in recent uh, games. Um, obviously you got DeAndre Jordan, which I do want to talk on quickly. Um, I love that move for the Knicks. I cannot say that enough. Um, as weird as it was to find myself that day, their first game watching DeAndre Jordan play for my team. I love that move for the Knicks, man. Um, this is even before I'm thinking about the connection between him and Kevin Durant. I just think Jordan is such a great defensive head. Now, he may not be the greatest defensive player physically anymore, but what he knows and what he can offer to guys like Knox and Mitchell Robinson is worth what he's being paid this season, especially when you think that we shipped off Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee in exchange for this guy. Um, Now, here's the thing. If they sign Kyrie Irving, if they sign Kevin Durant, again, a great friend of DeAndre Jordan's, what if he takes the room exception, the $5 million room exception? Then you've got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. That's a team that is going to at least compete for the Eastern title. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in my head, and again, there's a lot of stuff going on up there. I still (laughs) see DeAndre Jordan as the first piece in any team that's going to be 
a title contender for New York, whether that's just simply reporting back to KD and Irving and telling these guys like, hey, yeah, they're really changing the culture, man. They're really treating you right over here. And then KD and, and Kyrie are like, you know what? This might be okay, and then they ship on over. Or if, hey, maybe he just comes in and he just teaches the young guys a little bit more about defense so they can take their strides and make them better to be a team down the road that contends for a title. I love that move for New York. Yeah, I like it too. I think uh, I was a little surprised uh, that they didn't even consider moving him. But then I saw all the stuff about how Fisdale liked him as a mentor to Mitch. And to be honest, I I like that more. I'm happy that they kept him on the roster more as a mentor to Mitch even than the KD stuff because I'm – I'm not sure how much him being friends with KD will influence him in coming there because KD, uh, it seems like, is more influenced to like by like his agent and like the people close to him than anybody in the league, really. Uh, but and I'm not one of those people who thinks we have a great chance at Durant anyway. But I think we have a better chance at Kyrie. But that's not the point. The as far as DeAndre goes. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I like him as a player. I, I like to goof on him a little bit because he's not really the same player that he once was, and he clearly is uh, searching for rebounds and stuff, and he's certainly not the same shot blocker he used to be. But uh, he's still a nice player, and the Knicks uh, haven't had a defensive presence like him since uh, Tyson Chandler, really. And now they have yeah, two. Absolutely. And now they have two guys who can do both of those things. Uh, and look, I, it's going to be interesting to watch how uh, Robinson develops, not only under Fisdale, but under Jordan. So, And Jordan, from his comments, appears to be willing to mentor Mitch. And sometimes when we have these Knicks guys come through here, they, they're not willing to do stuff like that. Like Derek Rose didn't really want to be a mentor. And uh, we have other guys come through here like that. I, but uh, yeah, I think it's a good signing, and i I like what the I like what the front office has done for the most part so far. And I like that they didn't trade Frank either. I like that they held on to him because, like you, I want to see him and uh, DSJ together. So I want to see that backcourt. Yeah, absolutely. Cannot agree more. Two thumbs up for the next. Absolutely, definitely. All right, man. So this was awesome, by the way. I'm glad to have you back on the show. It was too long, uh, but it was great to talk trade deadline. And like I said to you, I've been meaning to talk more national NBA stuff for a long time on this show. It's always good to talk about other teams because the Knicks are so bad. But um, <laughs> Yeah, we can agree on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, and also we need to get more nets on this show too because the nets are so damn interesting right now. But absolutely, man. Well, hey, whenever you're ready, you def- give me a call, man. Definitely, uh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, Colin, really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, Matt wasn't available, and uh, we need to make this a more permanent thing. So uh, I'll so uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time.